It's time to get away. And to help get you there, it's Travel Bags with Anita and Friends. From around the world to across Georgia, she covers it all. Here's the host of Travel Bags, Anita Thomas. Hello, 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 and welcome aboard Travel Bags with Anita and Friends. And I'm your host, Anita, and I am here again to put my 30-plus years of travel experience really to work to help you find great destinations, fun vacations, and really have a good time because travel is really all about having a good time. And I have, uh, as my co-host sitting in with me today, is my main road buddy, Doc Veal with Sapple Island Birdhouses. Hi, Doc Bill. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Sapple Island Birdhouses is a place to go this time of the year. It's a great place with good weather. And coming up on the holiday seasons, consider it, sapleislandbirdhouses.com. Again, that's sapleislandbirdhouses.com. Phone number 912-223-6515. Wow, you have that memorized really well. Is it like written down somewhere that you keep in your hand, like we used to do in, in school when we needed to cheat on the, on the test? You have a little cheat sheet, or you remember all that? It stays after a while. It, <laughs> it kind of sticks in there after yeah. a while? Okay, so no cheating. That's good. That's good. Well, what's going on on Sapelo? I mean, you, I heard you mention holidays. So is that a well, time kind of, that you're planning for? Or Holidays seems kind of far away still to me, but I guess it is right around the corner. Well, people always go to the Georgia beaches during the summer, but one of the best times to go is the fall and winter. Number one, the weather's cooler. Uh, number two, there are less crowds. Not that there are that many crowds on Sapelo, but the other thing <laughs> is uh, you have a lot of things going on. You have the whole Christmas um, events going on at the mansion, and they have pancakes, which they is given do, in the evening, yeah. which is open to the public, and these are things mm-hmm. to consider. And again, the fishing is great. The sea, tr- uh, the sea trout start to bite, and trout fishing is excellent this time of year. Well, see, that's, that's really, really great. And on our show today, we're really going to talk about luxury travel, and we're going to talk about it from the traditional standpoint of luxury travel, but we're also going to look at it really from the point of view of probably how I've seen in working with uh, Sapelo Island Birdhouses that really you're seeing a lot of younger people looking at luxury travel. And down on Sapelo, the birdhouses are luxury luxury cottages, and I think we you know we've seen quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of young folks coming, which is you know a little bit interesting that they are on that luxury market level that are looking to, you know, to come and see at the birdhouses. You see more of that, and we also see more younger people coming with their families. A lot of times they'll want to do more family-oriented events, particularly mm-hmm. in the area of luxury. A lot of luxury used to be more single people and more couples, but now you see more and more luxury events set up with families and events and things involving the whole family, and that's something that's a really neat trend that's going on. It really is, uh, Doc Bill, because the multi-generational travel segment of the travel industry is really, really growing. You do. You see you know, the grandparents going along, you know, as part of it, you see, you know, whole families that, you know, bring along, you know, the sisters and brothers and their families, you know, to really make a whole family vacation. So it's really great. And the luxury market as well as just, you know, the general budget market as as well. But now today we want to talk a little bit about luxury travel. And when I think about luxury travel, especially as we know it today, I really started going back to Really, those ocean liners, even before they were considered luxury, that was really the main way that the mass amount of people travel. I mean, if we go way, way back, of course, our ancestors travel by foot and by horse and by chariot and a little bit of everything else. I mean, human beings have been traveling, you know, since the beginning of time. But when you think about travel and 
really luxury travel as we know it today. Where, where do you go to? Again, I think you have to go back to the time of the great ocean liners. And again, that was by countries when you think of the United States, England, Italy, and Germany. And these were world powers at the time and industrial giants. And one way of a country showing its prestige was to have an ocean liner or a set of ocean liners. And um, these vehicles were incredible because when you think about it, uh, prior to going across the, particularly the transatlantic route, the best way to get across was by wind. Clipper ships. Right, right, right. And, um, you know, selling ships. They were very green, but they were very slow and unreliable. <laughs> yeah, it did take, <laughs> take quite a bit of time for them to make it across. Uh, yeah, the fastest one took about 88 days, you know, when they couldn't really set a schedule with these ships because sometimes the wind would blow, sometimes it wouldn't. But nowadays, when the, with the advent around in the 1930s, when you had these steamships coming online, they were a lot more reliable. They were making those trips in a short amount of time in less than a week. And again, that opened up luxury travel. So people started putting more things on the ship and then more things for the luxury passenger. And the neat thing about luxury travel is that it's opened up. When I say that in this regards, um, the masses never had an idea of what the wealthy were traveling in. And nowadays, it's now open. People get to see what's out That's there. Right. And the Internet has really opened that up. Cameras have opened that up. And that opens up a whole array of what people are interested in. Mm -hmm. And social media certainly has, has done a lot to open that up, too. I recently attended a social media conference. And I was just really surprised to see how many companies there are that are being developed and created to really address social media with large companies. It's usually the really large companies that are really focusing on this level with social media. But you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, luxury travel is not this mystique or this mysterious, you know, hotel or, you know, getting on a big, you know, cruise ship. You know, now everyone can really see exactly what's involved in, you know, in, in that. And going back again, though, to the history, though, of like the steamships, I mean, it was really amazing to, you know, do a little bit of research for this for this program. I, you know, thought I would look and see. You know, it was really in 1818 where the first regular passenger ship was actually offered uh, for travel from Europe over to America. And you had immigrants that were going places. Um, you had also, too, you know, the migrant workers that were going over to in over in Asia. So when you think about traveling by ship, I mean, it really does go back, you know, quite some time in history. It does. A ship can carry just physically more um, cargo than you can carry on land, whether using elephants or horses or pulling it in wagons. And mm -hmm. then again, when you get to planes, planes also can be more efficient um, as far as carrying things, at least in a short amount of time. Uh, for the longest, we had the, the um, great ocean liners, which were steam powered. And a lot of people don't realize there was a, a, a passenger ship called the Savannah. It was actually nuclear-powered, and it was actually a passenger liner hmm. years ago. I think it was decommissioned like in around 1957, around that period. Mm -hmm. But also, um, these ships eventually gave way to their first um, to air. But the first air vehicles that actually came that had high luxury weren't airplanes. The first people to seriously challenge the ocean liners actually were the um, dredgeables, the, you know, the large airships. Mm -hmm. And the Hindenburg is the best example of that. It could That's carry true. around 67 passengers, but again, it had problems when people heard about the great disaster that occurred. But again, right. it paved the way for air travel, and now air travel has become luxuries, and people are taking it, and planes are getting bigger, more fuel efficient, which is, again, allowing people to see more parts of the world. And the ocean liners are coming back. It used to be that the biggest ships in the world were military. Mm -hmm. Now the biggest ships in the world are cruise liners. Oh, the cruise liners. Which shows where the world's, where the world's um, energies are going. And, cruise, and cruising is certainly still considered very luxury. When people think about taking a luxury vacation, they do think of cruises. And the great thing about cruising, though, is that you can, you know, run the gamut. You have lots of options from really the budget side of, of cruising all the way up to really, really luxurious cruising. 
and river cruising now on smaller ships that can get in and out of sort of the smaller ports and the smaller cities and villages really is what's taking off now. But now we can't end this segment without my mentioning Pan Am when you talk about air travel and luxury air travel because Pan Am started in 1927 and they were known for their flying boats, uh, the clippers that they call them as well. And Pan Am flew really all over the world with those clipper, with those clipper airplanes. And the service on those was, I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, you had dining rooms, you had bunk rooms, uh, people, you know, received white glove service in terms of dining. I mean, it was really the top in amenities. And that was really considered luxury travel because the only people that really could afford to fly and travel like that, especially, inter, you know, internationally, would be people that had, you know, some amount of, of, of wealth. And Pan Am also, you know, since I'm talking about Pan Am, uh, really did a lot to really bring about international travel as we know it as we know it today with some of the routes that they put up some of the you know navigational instruments they put on different islands uh, because with those flying boats of course they couldn't go all the way from say San Francisco to Hong Kong so they had to stop along the way so in those islands along the way Penang was actually the you know the the airline that actually put a lot of those navigational systems into place uh, in, in those on those islands to really help you know push passenger travel so we'll talk some more about luxury travel because um, I could go on and do a whole show on Pan Am, actually. But when we come back, we will take a look at what exactly is luxury travel because when you talk about that, it has a lot of different meanings. So we'll be back in a few minutes. This is Travel Bags with Anita and Friends on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9, WDUN. WDUN. 